scripture reading this morning will come from 1 Philippians, Philippians 1, 3 through 8. You can find this scripture in, uh, on page 1042 in your pew Bible. I will be reading from uh, King James Version. Philippians 1, 3 through 8, page 1042 in your pew Bibles, if you'd like to read along. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all making requests with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it to the day of Jesus Christ. Even as it is meet for me to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart inasmuch as both in my bonds, and in the defense of confirmation of the gospel, you all are partakers of my grace. For God is my record, how greatly I long after you all in the bowels of Jesus Christ. Good morning. So thankful to look out and see you here. Thank you for being here. We're so appreciative, and I'm so appreciative of those who join us on the live stream and those who are here today. It is a, a great blessing. As it's been said, we have several who are out today. We have several who are uh, camping together at, at Fall Creek Falls, and, and when I say several, a couple of hundred are there. So we're, we're thankful they are there and enjoying that time together. I think they're hearing the next part of Tim's series on not being a complainer this morning, so that ought to be interesting. Uh, I know Tim's preaching this morning, and uh, we're just thankful that you are here. Tonight, please come back. I know Sunday nights are, are, are a time that are special here as we come together. I hear people in congregations, especially that are larger, talk about not knowing everyone. Well, the more you're here, the more opportunity you have to meet people and to share in fellowship and worship with them. As you come back tonight, uh, Caleb Johnson, one of our interns, Blaine, uh, and uh, Philip will be leading singing, uh, and it's, tonight's singing is going to be very special, and it's going to be very directed, uh, leading up to our lesson tonight, and I think it'll be something that'll, that will bless us greatly, something that uh, will be just a little bit in one sense different, but, but it'll be the same things we do every week, but I think it could be challenging to us and very helpful to us, so I hope you'll be here. Speaking of Sunday nights, uh, next Sunday night we begin meeting at 5 o'clock instead of 6 o'clock. And so I hope that you will mark that down and that you will be here next week uh, as we begin at 5. Let's go to God in prayer as we begin. Our Heavenly Father, you are absolutely amazing. and We're thankful for this day we have to come together and to worship you. Lord, we're thankful for all those who have led us this morning. We're thankful for all those who are here, who have chosen to be here to show that you are their Lord. Lord, help us today as we look at your word to, to see what it would show us and to live that out in our lives. And Lord, help us to have strong memories. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. As it has been mentioned earlier, it is a Memorial Day weekend. I'm thankful for Tracy and the good job he did leading us in our Lord's Supper devotional. When you think of this weekend, what is it you think of? Many people think of uh, get-togethers with friends, and they, they think of the food that they will have. Uh, many will celebrate tomorrow uh, coming together and, and sharing a meal, as many will be off work. There will be decorations that will be patriotic in nature. People will go all out, and their tables will have red, white, and blue, and people will do things to celebrate the day. Uh, 
This weekend is the weekend, if you're a serious fisherman, you don't want to be on the water because people who do not know how to drive boats are on the boat, on the lake in force. I'm being very serious there. If you fish, you fish early and late because these are a couple of days that people line up all over uh, the lakes and people will use this weekend as sort of the kickoff of summer. I know summer doesn't officially get here to in the middle of June or toward the end of June. Uh, many people mark the beginning of summer and boating season by this weekend. Uh, others talk about this. Again, we have a group uh, at Fall Creek Falls. It is a group where they go camp every year. They have a beautiful baptistry, don't you agree? It'd be really neat to be able to use that. We also think of this weekend, I think of how rough it is and they're camping there. I mean, can you imagine people who are there camping? We know it's more like this than, than that, okay? You know, their TV just got a little smaller this week. That's about the extent of uh, uh, camping for them. But I think about this. Some people this weekend is about big sales. But what is it really about? What is Memorial Day really about? And, and the thing is, I, I think at times we get certain days confused. We get Veterans Day, Memorial Day, and Armed Forces Day. Armed Forces Day doesn't get a lot of uh, mentioning, and it is something where we, we celebrate those who are currently serving. Veterans Day is for those who have served in any way. But Memorial Day is for those who died in service to our country. It's interesting that the way we celebrate people's death is by spending time together, sharing a meal, that you go, isn't that kind of what we do at funerals? We come together, we, we spend time afterwards, what many times talking about the people who have passed away in fellowship with one another. But when I think of the, the pictures that think about Memorial Day, I, I think about Arlington. Those thousands of graves, the stones all looking, the only difference in the stone is what? How long they've been there. The flags that go out, if you look across the street, all the work that went on on the flags over here to represent those who have passed on. I think about those who have lost fathers and husbands. Think about those children who may not even have got to meet those who are serving or are having to go through those who have lost a mother or a father, those who have lost a son. I think about those who are thinking about, their, their, again, their children who, who have given their life in service to a country, and, and they sit there, and this weekend is a time they remember, not like it takes a special day for them to remember. But they think about that loss. They, they think about friends who have died while in service. They, they think about, again, their dads, and they, they are there and not really sure how, how, how to think about this as they're young and they're growing up knowing that loved ones have passed. This is a picture that I saw a couple of years ago, and this man brought his family in to explain what this means and what this day means. And what it's like when you lose someone and you think about those who, who, whose tears will be shed this weekend, thinking about losing loved ones and thinking about those who, who have paid a price. When we think of airports, many times we think about those who, who fly and come back from trips. Can I tell you, what happens is every day in this country there are those who come back in a box with a flag over. See, Memorial Day is much more than a barbecue day. 
Should we do that? Absolutely. We should spend time together. They would say that's one of the reasons why they gave their life, so people could have this freedom and, and have this time to, to spend together. And, and so when we think about Memorial Day in, in a different setting, many people say, well, it's a day of sacrifice, and it's a day that we think about love. Greater love hath no man than this, than a man do what? Lay down his life for his friends, John fifteen thirty three. It's a day that we think about and remember those things. Those who would give their own life for someone else, people they've never met, people who might or might not appreciate it, but they are willing to pay that ultimate price. It's the day that we think about courage. I remember several years ago when the movie Saving Private Ryan was released. A friend of mine, I was living in Hendersonville for a couple of summers working with the church there. A couple, a good friend of mine wanted to go see this movie. I didn't know anything about it, and I went with him. And if you if you have seen it, the first twenty minutes there is no talking. It's not that it's silent. One of the first sounds you hear is bullets hitting the U-boat, knowing that that gate's going to drop and they're going to have to storm that beach. We think about the courage that, that it takes to, to go and be willing to, to give your life. We think about the freedom we have is not free. It had to be paid for by the blood of someone, or in our cases, a bunch of someones. We think about bravery. We think about being thankful. What happens if, uh, if we're not thankful? What happens if we don't realize that something's been done for us and, and this great gift is... Well, we, well we, we take our freedom for granted. We take the blessing realizing that we get to come together today in a building that has a prime location with the name of our congregation on the side of the building. We don't have to meet in secret. There's no government uh, ruling where we cannot worship. We have this. Why? Because people gave their lives so that we could have this freedom. And if we don't remember that from time to time, it will be very easy to think that this is just the way things are everywhere. And can I tell you, it is not. So we celebrate this once a year. We look here at this quote by Linda Poindex. She said, the little things that we take for granted every day are the things that someone fought for and never knew how big they really were. The freedoms that we have, the opportunities that we have, in this country have come before because people have been willing to pay that ultimate price. That is why one day a year that, that, that we focus on and we try to talk about and hopefully remind one another that, again, it's not about hamburgers and hot dogs, that it is about those who, who have given their life. And, and we look at this, and it's important that we remember this because when we do not remember, it's very easy for us to take it for granted. This is not a political stump speech. I want us to think about how important it is to be reminded and to know certain things. I grew up in a uh, military family. My dad's military, his side of the family. Uh, every house we walked into on my dad's side of the family had the, the, the pictures up on the wall, you know, the, the, the real nice photographs you have the, 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 of the the soldiers, when they serve, you get that real nice headshot. See, I grew up, but, but this is not about that. See, as we come together every week, and I have to ask you, as, as Tracy asked a while ago, why are we here? 
We are here today as an a incredible opportunity to worship, to spend time in fellowship with one another and worshiping one another. That's why we have come together. And, and every first day of the week, we come together to do what? To remember to remember that Jesus Christ died for us, that he was buried on the third day, he, he rose again. And so we come together to celebrate and to remember that. Why? It's important that we be reminded of that. Why? If we forget that, we are, we're doomed. We have to remember not only why we're here, but, but who helped us to get here and whose reason is it and whose cause is it that, that we are here for. And we do that every week. And, and the thing is, we want to be reminded that while we are doing, our life is about the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ and living out his will and his passion and his purpose until he returns. Every day, it's still about a cross and an empty tomb. Every day. It does not change. It, it is about a cross and an empty tomb for us to focus and to know the great love that has been shown for us, the great price that has been paid, and for us to live knowing that and being appreciative of it. Samuel Johnson said this. He, he said, people need to be reminded more often than they need to be instructed. I don't think I've said anything in here today that you didn't already know. I don't think I've said anything profound today. I don't think I, I've said anything that you go, wow, I didn't know that before. For the most part, I, I feel like you, you know everything that, that I have said. And, and many Sundays as we come together, realize that we come together and there is teaching to take place. Now, sometimes when we're taught, we realize we didn't know what we think we knew. We, we learn and, and we are shaped by God's word as people who teach and open up God's work and help us do that. So part of why we come together every week is teaching of God's word, but for a vast majority of us, it's to be reminded. It's to be reminded who God is and to be reminded of his love and be reminded of his power and for us to know that and to focus on that. Today, what I want us to do is to go through a very quick reminder. When a preacher says quick, realize I probably just lied to you. I'm not trying to lie to you, but it may not be as quick as you want it, all right? But if you will, open your Bible to Ephesians chapter 2. We're not the first people that need to be reminded. The church at Ephesus was a good church. It is a church that Paul loves and Paul writes to. And as Paul writes to them, you realize the, the, the book of Ephesians is a book written up, uh, divided into a couple of halves. The first three halves we talk about are very theological. They're, they're a little bit deeper, dealing with some deeper subjects. The, the next half, um, the first three chapters, I mean, first three halves, first three chapters, the, the, the rest of it is very practical. Because of that, this is how we live. In the middle of this letter, here in chapter 2, Paul's going to take an opportunity to show some people what they need to remember and to know and to be taught. And I think today it will be a blessing for us. One of the first reminders he's going to give them is we need to be reminded and realize what our life is without and before Jesus. What does our life look like before Christ? Before we came to Christ, what does our life look like? And Ephesians 2 verse 1 says this, And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the 
course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. Let's stop there just for a second. He said, before we came to Christ, we were dead. We were still walking, still breathing, but we were what? Spiritual death, spiritual, spiritually dead. Why? Because sin leads to death. We were, we were walking in that life of sin before we came to Christ. And not only that, he said, here was your Lord at that time, following the prince of the power of the air. This is one of those weird things to say, and you go, wow, I don't ever think I was following Satan. Or were you following God? It's sort of one or the other. He said, that's sort of the direction you were headed. Without God, this is where we are. He's not, and you're going, not me. Other people maybe. Other people maybe were, were people who were what? Other people were the ones who were dead in their sins and trespasses. That wasn't me. And, and I can just uh, hear the Ephesian people reading that and going, no, not me. And what does Paul come back and say? Yes, you, among whom... We all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of our body and the mind. And we're by nature children of wrath, just like the rest of mankind. Wow. Paul is telling a group of Christians that the only difference between you and the people who don't believe in God and don't follow God is Jesus. And the fact that you obeyed him, the fact that you put him on in baptism, the fact that you gave your life to him, the fact that you repented, he said, this is the difference. He said, us without Christ, it's not going well for us. That's a very pointed letter, is it not? To remind them, this is, this is who you are without Christ. And when he says, you are by nature children of wrath, I can see them going, no, and I'm sitting there going, maybe. You ever had this come up on a computer or a phone? Do you want to go back to your default settings? I do not want to go back to my default settings. My life before Christ, I don't want to go back to that setting. I don't want to go back to, to where I started. Why? He calls before that you are by nature children of wrath, okay? You go, no, not us. You ever had a brother or sister? You may go, I wasn't a children of wrath, but they were horrible. Without Christ... If we give in to the basis of who we are, what has the opportunity to take over? Selfishness. Wanting stuff my way, wanting, wanting those things. I, I, I love this picture. You've probably seen this picture before. She didn't want every baby doll in the world, just every baby doll she saw. I sit there and think about that, and he says, without Christ, our life is about us. It's not about others, it's not, and, and our life is, is not direct in a purpose. So he, he, he comes on and says, this life without God is something that we have to realize. You say, well, how do we get there, a life without God? We have to realize that between us and God, there, there is a gulf, and what stands in between us is sin. Sin is what separates us from God, and once we sin, once we, we sin, we realize there is a gulf that is fixed there and we cannot cross it by ourselves. We cannot jump over it. We cannot build our own bridge over it. It is impossible. We cannot sit up and go, you know what, I'm going to put a zip line from one side to the other. We cannot do that by ourselves. And he wants to remind the people that sin separated you from God. See, in Isaiah chapter 59, verses 1 and 2, 
God's people in the Old Testament are wondering why God doesn't listen. Why do they have to be enslaved? Why do they have to be in captivity? And, and, and the writer says, he said, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, nor is ear dull that he cannot hear, but your iniquities have made separation between you and your God, and he has hidden your, and your sins have hidden his face from you, so that he does not hear. What he's saying is, sins have come in between us and God. You need to realize without Jesus, those sins will always be there. Without Jesus, those sins will always come between us and God. Here's what's awesome. He doesn't stop there. If he stopped there, that would be a really sad story, right? This is where you were. And he goes, I, I'm, I'm going to change things for you because I'm going to show you how much Jesus loves you, how much Jesus loves you. And, and you're going to hear two of the most powerful words in the world. What are the most beautiful words, two words put together you've ever heard? I do. I, uh, I did a wedding one time between two people in their 80s and the, the fellow never heard any of the vows. And he, the, the woman he was about to marry hit him and he looked at me and he goes, I guess. I'm like, <laughs> you better do more than guess. <laughs> let's, let's back that train up a little bit. Oh, I do. Okay, it's great. <laughs> it was, it was funny. Two most powerful words. We're pregnant. Words that change everything. Correct. I realize that's a contraction. We are pregnant. We're pregnant. But since there are contractions and pregnancy, I figure I get away with it. So I sit there and, and, and thought about that. You sit there and think, what are those words? And I tell you in Scripture, two of the most powerful words you'll ever see are but God. Let's look at this. Let's start reading together. He says, and you were dead in your trespasses and sins. This is where you were without Christ. He said, in which you once walked following the course of, the, uh, uh, of this world, uh, following the prince of the power of the air and the spirit which is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom... We all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature uh, children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love which he has loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up with him and seated uh, us with him in the heavenly places in Jesus Christ, so that in the coming ages... He might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Wow, we just went from hell to heaven. Did you notice that? With what two words? But God. But God, who is rich in mercy, did what? Loved us. Can I tell you, I need to be reminded of that. Days you don't feel worthy, and most of the time we don't. Sometimes we, we feel a little overconfident, but many times we feel underconfident, if you will. Not thinking that God could possibly love us and could forgive us for what we have done. He says, he did this when you were dead in your trespasses. 
He loves you that much. We, we see that. God made a difference, and we sit there and go, wow, how do we span this gulf between us and between God? We, we span it with what? But God sent his son, and there is a cross which, uh, in the middle that's formed a bridge that allows us to go from one side to the other. That allows us to go to Christ and Christ to come to us. And for the wages of sin is death, but what? But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. We see Jesus' great love for us. What an amazing love. No one's ever loved you that much. No matter, you sit there, you can think about the people who've loved you more than anybody else. It may be your mom, your dad, maybe your husband, your wife, maybe your children, maybe a grandparent. Can I tell you? Nobody's loved you more than God. He says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works that no man may boast. He said, you didn't build that bridge to get back and forth to God. God built the bridge. God sent his son. You were saved through faith by grace. See, the grace of God is, is that which his, his mercy on us, his love for us, his decision, even though we were yet sinners, to do what? Send his son to die for us that we may be saved. He even tells us how to access this grace through faith. Through faith that Jesus is our Savior, that He is the Son of God, by following His words and by doing what? Being baptized for remission of our sins. We do what? We realize we can go from lost to saved by faith, by grace, through faith. <laughs> I grew up, and my dad's name is Dennis, and what I was told is he was a menace at times. Um, I had a, a, I was in like third grade and had a little girl tell me she couldn't, she said, my, my mom wants to know, is your daddy Dennis Evans? I went, yeah. She goes, she said, I can't play with you. <clears throat> most people like my dad. I liked him most time, unless there was a belt involved. I liked him a lot, except for those special moments. I sit there and, and thought, and I went home, and I said, Dad, what in the world? I got to, you know, it's, you know, third, third grade. I'm like, what did you do? He said, oh. He said, uh, at school, we used to get ice cream, and you bring a nickel at that time. I don't know what it would be like to pay a nickel for ice cream, but that's what he did. He said, you get Mickey Mouse bars. Some of y'all ever had those? He said, when she get back to her seat, I'd break the ears off and eat them and give her money to go buy her another one. He said, I really just wanted the chocolate part. I wanted to aggravate her and kind of liked her a little bit. I said, well, I've lost a friend over your love for Mickey Mouse bars. I'll just let you know that. But I sit there and think about this. Dennis's best friend was a guy named Tommy. And they liked to go to where? The Wilsons. Mr. Wilson didn't like them. Miss Wilson loved everybody. Dennis and Tommy went to their house, and every time they went there, she made, she made cookies and would give them hot, fresh cookies. They'd come in together and eat cookies together, and then, then one day, as the comic strip said, they were leaving, and Tommy said, uh, I wonder what we did to deserve this. We went over there, and, and she gave us cookies, and she gave us milk, and I just wondered what in the world we did to deserve this. And Dennis said this. This is Joey, not Tommy. I'm sorry. He said, Mrs. Wilson gave us cookies not because we're nice, but because she's nice. You realize... Jesus doesn't love us because we're so lovable. He loves us because he's so loving. We need to be reminded of that. 
We need to be reminded that, that where we are without Christ, where we are with him, and know that he loves us, this I know, we can know this. And, and the third thing we need to be reminded of, not only of his love for us, but his purpose for us. Because of where we were without Christ, because of where we are now, because of Christ, there is a purpose in our life. Paul says this, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we should walk in them. We are his workmanship. Created. When we are born in, 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 in the water of Christ, as we're baptized, when we are born, we are born again. We are born in what? For good works. We were created to go out and difference. What were we saying? When people talked about Jesus, he went around doing what? Doing good, and so should we. Henry Drummond said, have you ever noticed how much of Christ's life was spent doing, uh, was spent in doing kind things? He was more than just a preacher. He was a preacher. He preached. He taught. He told people, repent. That was his, his sermon. John the Baptist had a, had a sermon too, also. Repent. They went around preaching, but he also went around doing good because when you do good, it makes people's ears open up a little better. It helps people to see his message and his actions were combined, and the people in Ephesus need to be reminded of that, and so do we. Can I tell you, I don't know who it is you're trying to reach with the gospel. But if you're not acting in kindness toward them, their ears will probably be deaf to you. It takes both. Our purpose, the reason why which something is done or created, or for which something exists, is what? Our purpose is to help people see Jesus. And one of the ways we're going to do that is through the way that we treat one another and the way we treat other people, our kindness. We love kindness. We love seeing it acted out, do we not? Seeing somebody with an umbrella and seeing somebody without one and them covering them up, wheelchair or not, this is an act of kindness. You, you see this. This picture I, I love because there's a, lot, there's a big story. I don't have time. I'll, I'll share it another time. But quick story, the, the, the Kenyan runner, she is a world-class athlete, wins marathons all the time. And as she comes up, the Chinese runner here was struggling with dehydration. Why? Because he can't grab water to drink, and for him to stop and drink, he's got to quit running. And she found him. I go, I got, we must have time. Go ahead, and get, go ahead and tell it. She found him at the 10K mark, okay? So about six miles in, she sees that he is really struggling. She goes by and gets water multiple times and makes sure he drinks. And she continues to run with him until about the 18 to 20 mile mark. When she, make, when she knows, and she's like, have you got this? You're going to be able to finish. Yes, I'm good. She could have blown right by him. She's, you know, she does this professionally. This is what she does. This was a big race. But she showed kindness. Carol Sookman, I read about her. She heard of a, a toy store that was going out of business, and what she did, she did not buy it for the business. She bought all the toys and then gave them away. 
to children who are in foster care. <laughs> see, she, she wanted to see something to do in kindness, and I know this is stretched a little bit, perspective's a little off, but, but this little boy loves the mail, the mail deliverers. You know, we have people that, uh, that love the, the garbage men that come by and love the UPS drivers, all those different things. He loves the people who deliver mail, and so he leaves flowers, and, and he leaves uh, little notes that he draws for them, and then they write him up and give him a federal indictment because he's not putting stamps on them. It's really horrible. I'm just kidding. Okay. They love it. Why? Because it's kindness. I love this story. It says, you do not know me. But I saw you needed some tires for your truck, and I wanted to do something for you, for a stranger, because one day a stranger did something for me. They said, this retreat is an envelope. It says, this is a certain tire shop. They've already been paid for. Go. My only thing is, you don't need to know who I am. Do it for somebody else. See, it's about kindness and showing that love to other people and and maybe it's good sometimes for us to go back to what's simple. To be taught and to be reminded very simply that we've got to see what Jesus does for us and then we start doing that for others. We look at what our life is, what, without Jesus, you know. And if I forget that Jesus is someone who, without Him, I, I am lost, I am nothing. Without Him, I I'm give over to my basal desires. Without Him, I, I live this life. And with Him, I, I have salvation and I have purpose and I make a difference. Because if we forget what He has done, we'll have a lack of thankfulness, we'll have a lack of love, a lack of appreciation a lack of worship, and a lack of service. Why is it that, that many people are only halfway committed to Christ? Because they don't realize the full commitment He made to them. When we're reminded and we think about that, we realize it is not something that is nominal. It is something that we must put our full effort into. Why? Because everything was given for us. May we never forget what our life would look like without Him. May we never forget His love for us. May we never forget the purpose we have and make it a difference in the lives of others. And we need to pray, Lord, help us remember Jesus and what He has done. Today, can we help you? Today, if you're not a Christian, there's not a better thing in the world to do today than to give your life to Christ and be baptized for missing your sins. So I'd love to be able to help you with that today. Or today may be a good day to start over your walk with Christ. Maybe today you're reminded of how your walk should be. We'd love to help you with that. If we could help you today in your walk with Him, would you come now while we stand? And while we sing.